And we're back. I'm James. This is the Grizz Fan, Fan Podcast. Woo! Right. Hey, James, real quick. Who's your favorite Grizzly football player? Jerry Louis McGee. All right. Thanks, dude. <laughs> so, I'm Luke. I'm Mike. I'm Brent. That was James. <laughs> we don't need intro music with that. That's no, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> Had a little cameo from Mike's son, James. He's playing football in the living room, so if you hear the background noise, that's it. <laughs> well, thanks, everyone, for... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, North Dakota. Whoa, James, right. James throwing it out there. He's predicting a North Dakota State loss to North Dakota whenever they play, <laughs> if they play. Okay. Well, thanks, everyone, for being back with us. <laughs> this is the Grizz Fan Pod. Listen, we're happy you're here. Thanks for coming back every week. Um, we're all definitely happy to be here. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. Um, you know, interesting week. It's always, always tough to know what you're going to do after a loss, but – you know, all in all, I feel fine. What do you guys think? Yeah, I feel good. Um, so, should we make the full disclosure that none of us have actually watched the full game? I was camping in uh, the wonders that Montana had to offer, but I listened to the game, if okay. that counts. That, that, that counts I mean, way more than what I got. Riley kept referring to their uniforms as nightmare green. Nightmare green? And I heard a different definition today. I watched a uh, highlight, and Riley was right. But why don't you tell him Bobby's? <laughs> Well, am I, I? I don't know. Can you reveal the secret? Is it that big of a deal? No, I think that's fine. There was a, a certain individual who was trying to figure out what, where, where they could line up the color that was being worn, and uh, it turned into I uh, being identified as uh, urine when you're dehydrated. I believe you said dehydrated piss. Yeah. <laughs> I thought maybe it was like. An equipment manager dropped a highlighter in the wash. <laughs> That'd be some fired. pretty consistent dying. <laughs> yeah. But dehydrated piss uh, is great. Um, so for perspective, uh, both Brent and I went to the UW-UM game. Yeah. And, you know, that game we got crushed. Smoked. Just crushed. And this game, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that our offense – had much of a chance you know they no. they put a few small things together but nothing great but you know they only gave up 35 points and th- it's not like Oregon pulled their starters I mean Herbert was in the game longer than Sneed was yeah, he was true. in the game till there like, was about like three minutes left <laughs> I was thinking that going into this game it didn't matter to me if we lost a hundred to zero or covered the spread I wasn't gonna try to look too much into this game because mm-hmm. I realize Oregon played their starters quite a bit, mm-hmm. but I wonder if there's a difference between um, playing your starters with your foot on the gas pedal, like having your defense blitz and throw crazy schemes at us, or do what I think they kind of did, which was play back and bend, don't break. You know, I think it's probably a little bit of both. I mean, I think you're right to a point, but I guess... M- my opinion is if you're going to play your starters and you're the number 14 team in the FBS and you're playing an FCS team, you need to be scoring more points. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. they scored 70 against Nevada, which I'm just going to put it out there right now. The Grizz could beat Nevada. Ooh. Um, I don't think that anyone's going to disagree with me. On yeah, that. they played a close game this week. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
you know, it's like, I guess if they're going to do that, you know, they went for fourth down four different times in the fourth quarter and only got it once. Yep. So is your notion that because they're playing starters, they need to be scoring points so they can show the committee, you know, Oregon can show the committee that they're, they deserve the 15 or higher? I mean, I guess my question would be, if you're playing your starters well into the fourth quarter against a play down team and you're not scoring points, what the hell's the point of playing your starters? <laughs> you know, because it's, I mean, I guess you could say they're getting reps, but they're not getting reps on anything special. I mean, I just, it's odd to me. But I mean, yeah, I don't, did they, did they, do I think they went into their bag of tricks? No. By no stretch. Yeah. But they still only scored 14 second half points. Yeah, that's true. Well, and I think another thing was observed, of course, Herbert, you, the one thing that did happen for him is he padded the stats, right? So he's got five touchdown passes out of the game. And uh, I didn't see what his stat total was, but I'm sure it was 316 yards, 30 for 42 passing, no picks. So that might have been five, count them five, five TDs. So, I mean, end of the year, if you're looking at – when because – Usually it's the QB that wins the Heisman if it's not a running back out of Alabama. So it's uh, you know a good resume. It, you know at that point no one's going to put an asterisk on his points on his touchdown total and say yeah, but he threw five against the Grizz. So th- there's part of that I guess as well too. But yeah, I don't know. I, I think I I I don't come away like I just I. It's weird. The Washington game a couple years ago, we had the pick six touchdown, and in the first quarter. The Grizz moved the ball okay, but then just couldn't after that. Um, I feel better about this, even though we didn't score a touchdown, by just the way it was kept close and the way the defense showed, because I think it feels like that shows you a little bit more that the Grizz defense was able to hold up much better than they did even a few years ago, where Washington, by the end of the game, could do whatever they want. So Oregon put up 560 yards, which is a lot. That's a lot. I mean, don't get me wrong. No one's saying that they shut down this juggernaut. Um, 313 passing, 247 rushing, which is actually, I think that's above their season average. But one, ca- <laughs> but one came carry on one run. Yards. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, Oregon had 31st downs to oh, UN's boy. 12. I think that's probably one of the big sets, which, I mean, yeah, that's to be expected, like though. I mean, yeah. I, you know, it's like, and it's not even like the Grizz are playing up against a Sun Belt team. I mean, the Grizz are playing up against Oregon, freaking Oregon. You know, perennial Pac-12 contender, 14 in the country, Oregon. Those are the best athletes they're going to see all year. But here's a question for you. So you know, I just told you the yardage difference. What do you think the Grizzlies' time of possession was? Well, I know. Then but don't answer it. I'm Britt, not what answer. do you think the Grizzlies' Britt, time of possession look. was? Um, I'm not going to look. I would say that we had the ball for 25 minutes. 29 minutes and 53 seconds. Oh, wow. I know. And I mean, part of that's, you know, Oregon moved quickly at Mm -hmm. times. But still, you know, if part of the game plan was try and stretch out the clock so they can't run up the score. (laughs) So what did the Grizzlies do well to keep this within the spread? By the way, third week in a row, the Grizz Grizz beat the spread. spread. Beat the spread. (laughs) Shout out to Parlay. Honestly, and this is kind of kind of weird saying this, but I think this might be the best defensive performance the Grizz have had since Hauk came back this time. And I don't mean that in like, obviously we've had better defensive games, but if you put in the opponent and you see some of the guys that rose to the occasion, yeah. it just feels like they impressed more than they thought. And what was interesting was the Grizz D-line, when I watched the highlights and listened even on the game a little bit, they actually 
didn't get blown up. No, they did really well. I mean, they gave up a lot of rushing yards, and no yeah, one's saying they didn't. But I mean, yeah. it was interesting. And there were so many times, so many times where they almost had Herbert. Yeah. And, you know, we got to fix that. But you also wonder, it's like, if that's, you know, the UC Davis QB, do we get him? Yeah. You know what I mean? Do we get Mayor Meyer? As uh, Cold Take Nate says. Yeah, uh, I mean, but like Justin Herbert, by far, bar none, is the best QB that they'll have faced all year, right? Like I mean, that guy's NFL ready. Yeah, there is and nobody so better. They won't face anyone better than him. In some, uh, and, but yeah, a couple of, we saw this in some of the highlight stuff, a couple of opportunities where that D line could have had some sacks or maybe almost a safety at one point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he got away, he got through. But it's encouraging to see the defensive line anchored a lot by Jesse Sims and the way he was playing to um, stand up to that because I believe, if I remember correctly, that the Oregon offensive line is the most experienced starting O-line in, like, college football. And so, I mean, like, they and they didn't – they Oregon – Got their yards, but the Grizzly line was not intimidated and not completely just destroyed the whole game from it. Yeah, Oregon has two offensive linemen projected to go in the first round this year. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean. And a QB. <laughs> do, you, big deal. do you think there were any Grizz defensive players that put some interesting game film on tape? Maybe for their NFL <laughs> invites. Um, who could you be talking about? <laughs> um, I think Dante Olsen showed that he could play in the Pac-12, in Absolutely. my opinion. <laughs> yeah. And that was, I remember a few years ago, talking to um, Coulter Nuanez, who pointed out that there was a play-up game that the Grizz had where a previous number 37 i think it was caleb kidder had kind of a rough game mm-hmm. and it, that might have been the washington game maybe even and it was kind of something where it was a suggestion that his stock was hurt from that game because he played a top tier team and he just he just kind of vanished and didn't look that good and so fast forward to this dante olson all the talk is he going to vanish against oregon and he didn't he didn't at all. He looked great. I, I mean, so again, didn't watch didn't watch the whole game. Didn't watch much of the game. But saw 14 tackles, 10 solo. 10 solo tackles. Yeah, so it's not like he just like jumped on a bunch of piles and shared a bunch of tackles. And from the quarterback club highlight reels that we were watching today, sideline to sideline, and just tracking guys, uh, chasing down running backs, and, and just some of the stuff that he was doing, it's stuff that shows that – he can play with at that top level. He can play in, in higher, <clears throat> excuse me, higher levels than that. It was a it was a great game for him. I just and again, it's like it's it's so odd to say this after Oregon, and you don't want to read too much into it for all the reasons you just said. But yeah. it, we talked about Oregon on the heels of the last two games, and I'm getting really close to kind of being ready to say that one of the biggest jumps we've seen from last year to this year is just the overall defensive performance. Yes. Like that, the unit just seems to get what the coaching staff is trying to to do more. Would you guys agree with that? Absolutely, yeah. And i I really think that it's a great combination of some of the players we have that have bought in. Um, we we've talked about Jesse Sims a couple times, but uh, he might be just like one of the toughest people around. <laughs> I mean, he 
I think that you look at his quiet leadership. He's not a very vocal guy, um, but he's someone who's going to listen, follow, like, you know, the coaches anywhere. And his sort of strong presence in the locker room, I think, probably goes miles with all the other personalities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then <clears throat> you look at, too, the other side, the further back of the defensive field. I mean, it was from what I saw – and from some of the talk, it was an interesting game for Robbie Houck because he picked up a couple personal fouls, right? <laughs> and I don't think his coaching staff was actually pissed about it. I think they actually kind of liked it. And it's like we saw this out of Robbie last year. Like he's a guy that – well, we saw this in practice right right away. Like he could be a guy who we thought – Mike and I thought last year that Robbie might – last year's team was maybe the best tackler on the team. I think as the season got on, maybe Dante kind of took mm-hmm. that, 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 but he's fundamentally but sound. He's I mean, very fundamentally sound, football family. but I mean, he definitely comes in and plays at a different kind of level than what we've seen, especially out of the safeties. And I not always for, in my opinion, as a fan, like someone watching it, like as the best, but it's, it's just very interesting. Cause Robbie is like, he's a lot like his uncle. I mean, in that, that like, enforcer hitter and sometimes over the line a little bit but i mean it it sets a tone if robbie can make the progression from the end of year from the beginning of year two to the end of year two like he did from the beginning of year one to the end of year one in this off season he's gonna be pretty damn good but then he's got two more years yeah i mean what's interesting to me is if you were if you were just somebody who followed coaches how coach Houck's career went to press conferences heard him talk, you know, heard all the glib and, you know, whatever. (laughs) And, and you were just sitting there and you were like casting, okay, what if, if Bobby Houck had a kid that played football, what would he be like? (laughs) He'd be Robbie Houck. (laughs) Robbie Houck is like right from central casting. Yeah. I mean, undersized for the position, but chip on his shoulder, fundamentally tackles well as a leader of the team, gets in there, doesn't mind mixing it up, you know, gets the occasional personal foul that the, the coaches seem to say the other guy had coming. Like, it's <laughs> like, he's, it's so clearly Bobby's son, it's, it's hilarious to me. <clears throat> he reminds me a lot of Matt Lebsock. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Undersized. Yep. Like, physically gifted, like, athletically smart, but also mean as hell. Like, mm-hmm. And I, I see a lot of, I don't know, I see a lot of Matt in him. Maybe it's just, um, I'm willing to like give a little bit on that analogy. But um, yeah, I think we wa- we see uh, Robbie walking around. You're not like, that is one of the best football players on the team, but he clearly is. Yep. So <clears throat> I'm not saying the NFL has changed quite a bit, but you look at Robbie Houks, he is 5'10", 185. He is maybe 5'10", by the way. His mm-hmm. uncle, Tim Houck, NFL career, Super Bowl ring as a coach, played at 5'10", 187. <laughs> and the NFL in the 80s maybe a little different than the NFL nowadays. I don't think Robbie's an NFL guy. He's going to be too short. But I think what it'll be – I mean, if he plays his full career, I don't know, I don't know what the tackle record is. I would be interested to see – I don't know what it is, but he's going to blow it apart. Like, this defense sets up great for linebackers and safeties to get a shit ton of tackles, right? I mean, he had 100-plus last year. He had 100-plus last year. He's got to have over 30 this year. He had nine in in Oregon. I mean, that's an interesting question that we should look up because 
I, he's going to obliterate it, I'd have to think. Okay. I'm on it. <clears throat> um, it, You know, I, I think it was exciting to see Dante kind of stand out because Absolutely. he's, I think from a fan perspective, fans might have thought he's been a little bit quiet the first two games, which I think the three of us have said, no, that's not the case. It's just he's doing so many things that maybe don't show up to the average fan. But, um, you know, he was – it's been interesting to watch. Another thing that, that stood out that I think you know that, that Bobby Houck just loves is uh, they came into the game, Oregon, with the leading punt returner in the nation. Yeah. And the Grizz punted eight times, and the guy had eight total punt return yards, <laughs> which, I mean, that's tells incredible. me a lot of things. I mean, that's incredible. Like, obviously, Wilson did really well um, pinning the ball deep. You know, he his his average dropped. You can see it's like 38.9. But that's because he actually had some short punts that he pinned inside the 20, which is great. But then even when the guy had a chance to return it, our special teams swarmed him. And anyone who has a memory of Bobby Houck, he sort of prides himself on special team excellence. Yep. He wants to win in all phases of the game, including special teams. It's often overlooked. And he was the special teams coach at UW. Is that is that right? Yeah, he was special teams coach at UW. Yeah, and, I, and against were... Oregon, you know, it helps <clears throat> cover the spread or yep. beat the spread. Yep. But... Against other FCS, other Big Sky Conference teams, you can win games with special teams. You know, when he uh, left UNLV, mm-hmm. and the conversation was, what's he going to do and stuff like that. And there was a lot of conversation that he could have ended up in the NFL. I mean, because, you know, he had connections, his, his brother, brother's there, yeah. so people knew the Hawks, um, and that he could have ended up being a special teams coach in the NFL. And I mean, he probably would have been an assistant special teams coach, but nonetheless, like if he'd wanted to go that route, but clearly he wanted to set himself up for another head coaching job. Mm-hmm. So he went and was special teams coach at San Diego state, but that's his bread and butter. He loves that stuff. Yep. Hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, and special solid special teams play is just, we talked about this last week though as well too. Like it's just something we haven't seen on a consistency level. Since probably Hawk left, right? I mean, oh, absolutely, nobody it's, took it, it seriously. It's just not so, sexy. Like yeah. no one wants to talk about Huck even Hawk is like Huck's what do you mean it's not sexy? Pod dog is like I am all about Stop special teams. talking about special teams. <laughs> it's like cleaning the toilet to me. It's like <laughs> like no one wants to do it. It's not a sexy job, but you notice when it's not done right. <laughs> but this is what I kind of hate about football. Is it is like if like there is. Pinning pinning a team back with a good punt is a really exciting play. Absolutely. You know, yeah. or a punt return that's blocked really well. Like, those are exciting plays. But football is just so full of, like, the cliches of if you're not one of the starting 11 on defense, you're just nobody. You're nobody. You know, kickers aren't people. And, <laughs> <laughs> I just, it drives me nuts. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm looking at the total tackle list. All right. Career, all time. Career. This could be tricky, okay? Right. Who do you think number one is? He has a national championship ring. Hmm. He sealed the deal in 01. Vince Huntsberger. I was just going to say yeah. Huntsberger. 393 tackles. Our Heisman vote getter. Our Heisman vote getter. 393. So Robbie's going to have to effectively average 100 tackles a season. Which, I mean, he's 
on the right well, track. He got over 100 last year, and he's got 30 plus this year. This is crazy. Like, you, it's funny just how your memory kind of fades about guys, but like second place is Tyler Joyce, who is a linebacker. Yeah. Yep. And he had 356. So Vince had like and, almost 40 more tackles than him. And Vince played from 98 to 01. And when did they start counting playoff stats? Not until like 07 or something okay, like that. Okay, so most of Tyler's then didn't count either. Yep. And then Matt Hermanson after that, 11 to 14. You know, Robbie's playoff stats from last year don't count either. <laughs> oh. I'm just pointing Ooh. it out. He Ooh. has no playoff stats from last Ooh. year to weight the numbers. So I think he'll That's break one it way even to if. Say that. You know, I think he'll. I, I think Hulk will break that even if. He, even if you subtract his playoff stats. I mean, it'd be interesting because if – and it, 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 you're projecting for – right, you project for it, but say in the next three years there's a handful, if not quite a few, playoff games and Robbie finishes averaging, yeah, 115 to 120-plus per season. I mean, obviously. I mean, if he can get done. two playoff games his sophomore year, two playoff games his junior year, two playoff games his senior year, which I think we would hope for more, but just say two, and he gets, you know, 10 tackles a game – 60 extra tackles right there. So yeah. I I think it's going to be interesting to watch because I think that if, if he plays in this defense and he doesn't get hurt, he's going to obliterate it. So in three games, Robbie's got 28 tackles so far. <laughs> so, I mean, he's 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 on track to eclipse 100 again easily. Yeah. Yep. A um, couple other things stood out on defense, and I don't know if you're about to talk about these things, but, I mean, Dante had a hell of a play tackling um, their running back. Yeah. Just the, the angle of the pursuit, which was awesome. But McGinnis. Um, you know, oh yeah, high motor McGinnis. dollars getting that um, dollars guy. He he caught up there. I don't think anybody would have thought in a million years that he was going to catch up to him, but he did. No, I mean it gives me nightmares to watch him chase someone down <laughs> from behind. <laughs> like as someone who's never won a game of tag in his life, I was like, <laughs> I understood. <laughs> well, and you could like that guy thought he was gone, right? Like because when McGinnis took out his feet, like he slapped hard on the ground, the ball came out. I mean, they called him down, I believe, right? But yeah. I mean, it was like it's a hell of a play. I saw that. I saw the replay of it from the. From the sideline on Twitter, it was it was something. Then I think there was even like some Oregon former Oregon players talking about it. Like just that's impressive. Straight conditioning, I think, is what. Yeah, yeah. Lamichael <laughs> James commented. Yes, on that's it. who yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's interesting because because uh, Coach Hauk told a story at QB Club, and I think this is appropriate today. And so this is our regular weekly pitch for. We're not going to tell you any secrets we learn at QB Club because we want to. Stay in QB Club. Yeah, we don't want to get kicked out. Um, but it's worth it. Um, it's it's actually a lot of fun. They've 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 got a ton of people. They're doing it Monday nights now. They've got satellites around the state. If you want to learn more? Go grizz.com slash QB Club. Yeah, I watched and it online today. It was apparently great. the first rule of this club is you can talk about it. Well, you, you, we can, the first I mean, rule of QB Club is you can kind of generalize some certain easily <laughs> gleamable points. Yes, from it. what I was going to say is like we can talk about it enough. So that you come join, <laughs> um, we're not going to you know, talk about any you know anything that I would consider a secret. But how told a story that I don't think is a secret and it's kind of funny. Oh yeah, um, and it was um, you know on one of the plays, it looked like maybe Oregon fumbled, mm-hmm. and Robbie picked up the ball, and they're reviewing it, and the refs like, okay, give me the ball. And Robbie's like, no. And the refs like, what do you mean no? He's like, well, it, it might have been a fumble. He's like, they're reviewing it. Give me the ball. And he said. No, because if they review it, they need concrete proof that the defense recovered it. So I've got to hang on to the ball. And the ref goes, you know, you're just like your dad with an answer for everything. (laughs) Give me the damn ball. (laughs) I thought that was a good story. 
and hopefully not uh, not too secret. No, but um, but you know, you QB know, Club's kind of fun with stuff like that. Yeah, QB Club's great. You get you just kind of get some good stories and some good info. And I have watched two now f- remotely on video, and you, I, it's like it doesn't really diminish the experience. Mm-hmm. So people that are thinking about it but don't live in Missoula, it's still definitely worth it. So that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Was there anything on the other side of the ball that we really uh, liked about the team, the team's performance? Well, a couple things. I mean, Snead went 20 of 30. So, I mean, you know, there's, there's that. Not yeah. bad. Um, um, Sammy Kim showed he can hang. Yeah, Sammy Kim got better as the game went on, I think. Yeah. I mean, there were a couple physical plays at the beginning that if he'd got them, it, we might have put some points up. But I also think that he went 6 for 85, um, you know, that was interesting. Um, I want to talk about the O line for a second because Cook got back in and and seems to be rotating in with the tackles. Yeah, I think he took more snaps from Kintz this week. Last year, last week it was Beaver a little bit more. Beaver, so it'll be interesting yep. to see what happens next next week. Um, and Mallory played. Yeah, I, you know it's. I think it's interesting to watch our O line. All I, in all, I and we talked about this the week before. I like watching Mallory play because he's a guy that that really likes to to run people over. Yeah. I mean, not that the other O-line guys don't, but, I mean, he seems to take extra joy yeah. in laying someone flat on their back. So, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I, I didn't watch the game, so I don't know if he really did against Oregon, but he's definitely a guy that's fun to watch. And you'd think this week ahead we might get to see more of him. Yeah, we will see. Um, I think most interestingly, though, and we talked about the, how this was going to happen, uh, Jerry Lumagee, now all-time leading receiver in University of Montana Grizzly history. That's so cool. I, I, it's just it's incredible and again now this is a thing somewhat unfortunately you can say he didn't really do it with playoff stats right i mean no i guess it's freshman year no it's freshman year he, he's a junior no jerry no. lumi has never played a playoff so jerry lumi is has, crazy jerry, so it's like we, we always throw this yeah but you know it's like oh you're you did better than this but then dave dickinson but you know Dave didn't, none of his playoff games counted or whatever. It's like Jerry Lou McGee has, has no done playoff it games. with no playoff games. That's crazy. We, yeah. we need to get these seniors in the playoffs. This oh, Can you God. imagine going your Grizz career in this era, never going to the playoffs? Oof. I mean, holy cow. I just think about being like a 12-year-old, <laughs> you know, and maybe in your objective memory of never seeing the Grizz in the playoffs. I don't like that. Oh. Um Jerry was in the at the press conference this week, and, mm-hmm. and you know, a reporter asked him what he thought about the record, and he gave the answers you would expect. Doesn't matter him about to give, the team, yeah. you know, fun, fun to be part of the team. But he kind of joked about uh, how he likes this for offense better than catching all the bubble screens the first two years, <laughs> and you could hear how kind of laugh in the background. And then Hauk referenced the Cal Poly game. Now, wasn't the Cal Poly game the game yeah. that he set the record? And I'd forgotten Hauk was there. He was? Yeah. I never knew that initially. It, it was they interviewed him at halftime on the radio because it was in California and he yeah. came down San Diego State had a bye and he came down and I That's think that, right. and I think Robbie might have came because it was when Robbie was being recruited. <laughs> so I don't know all the details, but I know how was at the game and they interviewed him at halftime. So how could the press conference was like, Oh, I was there, I saw your Cal Poly game and they kinda of laughed about it. But it's like I was kind of wondering if for a guy like Jerry Lou McGee, because it's like you know, obviously the Stid offense threw him the ball a ton, but the way he's been used the last year plus with with um, this offense, you know, with with Rosie and with Pease, almost seems more creative. I don't know. Well, yeah, 
There's definitely more diversity. Yeah, more diversity in the yep. routes that he gets to run. Exactly. Like, yeah, I mean, the only way he's scoring a touchdown in Stitt's offense is if he makes seven guys miss. Yep. Right. Like, at least he has a chance to take it to, <laughs> take it all the way. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I thought I thought he played amazing. I thought Sammy Akem played great. Um, and Dalton Sneed, that you already mentioned that, but his pass completion rating, like he made the right decisions. I think from what it looks like and what I've heard, Oregon kind of just laid back and played over the top, mm-hmm. said no home runs, and yeah. and Dalton didn't try to force anything too crazy. No, no. I think, um, and then I, I don't know, I haven't – Twitter interactions, the other thing you always worry about playoff games is injuries. Mm-hmm. And – it didn't sound too bad, but it's it's been kind of – I've reflected upon other play-up games we've had of late. We didn't have any bad injuries against Washington. I don't recall any bad injuries against Wyoming. We don't have any bad injuries against Tennessee. So it's kind of funny. Maybe, we're, maybe we as a fan base worry too much about that because – I mean, people left this game like on the radio and – it's and hard, guys, it was hard to know yeah. if they came back or not. Right. It'll be interesting to see who plays next week. Yeah, and, and I mean, this Monmouth game, while it is going to pose a challenge, and I know we're going to talk about it in a bit, it could be a good game with Cal Davis up next uh, if there's a couple guys that need a week. Uh, might be a good one to rest them too. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I will take this moment to remind everybody that Brent did pick the Grizz to beat Oregon, which was interesting. Um, <laughs> but you They know. beat the spread. And I, I actually picked Oregon. Brent likes to change the rules. <laughs> I will have you uh, play back uh, the podcast we're, after We're going to beat Oregon, yeah. We're going to beat Oregon. We live in a society where it doesn't matter what you said in the past. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't say that. No. There's, no, there's no. no receipts on Twitter. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> didn't say that. Um, any other final thoughts on Oregon? I, no, I mean, I just, from a player's perspective, what a cool experience. Um, Alton is an amazing stadium. I went no five when the Grizz played there. It's such a cool spot. Yeah. And the Nike money. It's crazy. I mean, it's, it's, it's a different level there. It was an 05 and I don't know. I've, I, I'd be interested. I'd assume it's even exponentially larger now. One idiosyncratic thing about Bobby I want to mention with traveling is I was on campus on Friday and I'm walking Maybe late morning, maybe like eleven, and I see Ken Haslam walking, uh, you know, down towards his office, and I was like, "Ken, are you not going to Oregon?" And he's like, "Well, yeah, uh, but you know, Bobby doesn't like to spend too much time traveling on the road, so we're leaving tonight." Like he's like, "There's no none of this like leave an extra day early and just hang out and stuff." Like he's like, "We're in and out." And he's like, that's Bobby's style. And oh, yeah. he's like, I like it too. And I wanted to say, <laughs> Ken's do you, like, do you like it? Because it saves some yeah. money on those bills. It's one less meal we have to pay for. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> All right. Well, that probably wraps Oregon, huh? I think so. Yep. Unless there's something really interesting that we should be talking about. Offensive and defensive players to the game, Mike? <laughs> Uh, you know, I only do players of the games when we win, and I don't mean that in like a shitty, you know. But it's like they didn't win the game. I'm... Well, oh no, Parkinson. Adam Wilson is my defensive player of the game <laughs> with six punts inside the twenty. All right. Yeah, I'm not meaning to be a dick. I just, I mean, I don't think I don't think a player would be real happy about 
Like, I won the player so, of the game. So, Mike, when your son loses a T-ball game, do you roll out there and be like, no player of the game, no ice cream for you? Yeah. I drink your milkshake. I drink your milkshake. <laughs> we go, we get a milkshake, and I eat it. <laughs> Next time, hit the ball. Yeah, and if anybody asks why he's crying. Hit the cutoff, I man. I tell them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> small, <laughs> small story. <laughs> when I was in high school, I was a senior, and our team was not great. But a worse team was Sims Montana, the Sims Tigers. And <laughs> I remember like leaving to go to the game. And my dad looks at me with his like the little look on his face that makes, you know, when I know he thinks he's being funny. And he goes, well, if you don't win this game, don't come home tonight. <laughs> so we go to Sims and we lose. <laughs> And it's a long bus trip for <laughs> Shelby, Montana to go to Sims. I think we even get a stop in Great Falls and eat at the Golden Corral, which nice. I love. Nice. But, you know, we get back late. And I remember just walking in. I'm, like, mad and sad and tired. And uh, my dad's just sitting there in the recliner. And without a beat, he just swivels his head over and he goes, What the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> 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 oh my god and that's the first time I slept on the streets Shelby yeah. <laughs> if you guys were having having trouble in high school why don't you guys just drop a classification uh, we had actually <laughs> less players <laughs> on our team than when Shelby recently dropped but uh, no one wants to hear about Shelby nobody wants, to hear, nobody wants to hear about yeah, Shelby Brandon might I don't know <laughs> yeah, I, was gonna say, I feel like we talked about Shelby a lot last year um we need to talk more about Centerville. Oh, man. That's tough. Yeah, we're going to have to start a separate podcast. <laughs> the Centerville football podcast. I don't know their record, but I did retweet some Great Falls reporter, and she liked it and shared it as well, too. And I got a, I got two new follows. So I think there's two Centerville we, Twitter people out there. We might get dozens of <laughs> downloads. <laughs> it's a big deal. It's a big Centerville, deal. Montana. The the Grizz Fan Podcast is picking up in Centerville now. Real hot Centerville. All right, what's not circle, but Centerville. <laughs> okay, let's look at <laughs> the rest of the Big Sky Conference and check out how everyone else did. Compare our picks from last week. All right. Which I saved. <laughs> oh, that's good. Did yeah. we find the picks from the week before? Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit less formal this year. <laughs> Um, okay, so let's look at the composite schedule. You know, if a listener really cared, they could go listen and tell us. Nobody cares. <laughs> so I, I just as as um, so while Luke looks that up as um, Centerville's biggest fan of Missoula, they play. They're from Circle, Montana. I did not know this uh, information. Is that correct? No, I did. I, I just, don't think they're from Circle, Montana. Where are they from? Centerville is, and Circle are two distinct. Centerville towns. is Centerville. Okay. Okay, so okay, you said something about Circle, and suddenly that threw me for a loop. Yeah, I was, I was like, saying that we was are like, really oh, popular shit. in Centerville, but we can't break in Circle. So we need to get a okay. We need to infiltrate Circle, Montana. Because the Circle, it it, be. there has no, there's no crack in the line for us to get in. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, like that is a your son, dad joke. Your son went I to bed. That's it. That, <laughs> I think it's a broadband internet problem out there. <laughs> Okay, so uh, <laughs> last week um, we had the universe, or we had ISU. Oh, 
going to Ow. the University of Utah. That was a bad game for us. They got Ashley. shut out 31 to zip. Kind and of expected, right? I mean, Utah is the 11th team in the nation. We So maybe let's let's um each each of these conference games, let's talk about the team a little bit and just say what we think of them so far. So you said Idaho State lost to Utah? So Idaho State's trying to find a QB still, and their two QBs combined for 80 yards in the we, game. We literally know nothing about Idaho State. They no, nothing. Bye. Nothing at all. Then they played down. And didn't play good. And didn't play well. And then they played up and got crushed. <clears throat> well, I mean, they lost 31-0. They held. They held Utah to less points than the Grizz. Good did. point. Good point. I mean, that's got to be. You know, if there was ever such a thing as a Idaho for Idaho State, they would be talking about. So, is the the Bengal fan pod right now being like, our defense is great? You know, that's, that's a valid point. Um, oh shit! We just like undid our own. Yeah. Positivity. <laughs> now we're like, oh us. no. Um, <laughs> the difference I would say is that. They didn't show anything on offense in that game. Right. Like they've, they've got nothing to build on. I guess my one takeaway is, is if you thought Idaho State was going to be good, I'd, I think I'd feel less optimistic. Let's move on. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't disagree with that. Um, Eastern Washington went to Jacksonville, Alabama. Oh, boy, that was a game. And this is a game, yeah. They lost 49-45. to Who in this pod picked Eastern to win last week? I think I picked Jacksonville, didn't I? Actually, I did. I thought I did. No, you guys both picked Jacksonville. No, I picked we, Jacksonville. No, we, both, and won. we both picked. You picked Eastern. I picked Eastern. Okay, yes. I was gonna say yes. I know one of us picked Eastern. Well, yeah, well, you I, two won. Yeah, yeah, because we yeah because Eastern's defense can't stop a nosebleed. I was say, you kind of saw it coming, and it makes me really interested. I mean, Eastern kind of feels like they are going to be that classic Big Sky team of the last decade that has a phenomenal offense and a terrible defense. So far, they gave up 350 passing yards to a D2 school. I mean, uh-huh. and then they come right back and they let 21 unanswered lose the game. That's crazy. But <sighs> they go on the road. I mean, which in the playoffs, you got to go on the road. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, you... Unless you win all your games. Unless you win all I mean, your games. At some point, if you're <laughs> in the top, Alabama, that shit is hot. But if you're in hot, the top five in a nation... Humid. If you're in the top five in the nation and you can't win a road game, I mean, like, what are you? Not as good as you think you are. Okay. Yeah. So I guess if the premise is that is Eastern as good as we thought they were, I mean, this game puts it into big question. I will tell you that I feel better about my pick of us beating Eastern at home, which I'm going to point out that preseason you both picked Eastern to win. So Well. No, that's a fact, Brent. Okay. But but, yes, fine. (laughs) Fair. But, yeah, okay. So the 2004 Grizz went to Sam Houston State. Yep. And played played in god-awful heat. Yep. 90 degrees of kickoff for the Eastern game. Uh, And 04 Grizz bounced back. Didn't win a national championship. But this is an incredibly valid uh, counter-argument. Ha! (laughs) I will give Brent that. And on the fly, too. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm on my third beer already. Yeah, you know, who knows? All right, moving on. Um, Cal Poly went to Corvallis, Oregon to take uh, on Oregon State. Fucking uh, Cal Poly. Predictably got their clock clean. I thought they'd do better. That was, I think, Oregon State's first win. I mean, I didn't think they, I didn't think Cal Poly was going to win the game, but I thought they'd show a little better, and maybe it was because 
in my big sky, big takes, two of my guys were Cal Poly. It was like they're running back of their QB and they laid an egg and I got smoked. I think that we just gave too much stock. Well, I didn't. I picked them to lose. But some people gave too much stock to Cal Poly's first win for opening season yeah. win against San Diego. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's fair. I I just think one dimensional offenses have a really hard time when they meet superior talent. Yep. I agree. For sure. I agree. Well, and then Cal Poly, like, you have to have a lead or you're not going to, like, yeah. you just, they're, you're not built to come back. And that's that thing about that offense. All right. So moving on, another interesting game. Idaho goes to Laramie, Wyoming and loses, but they lose 21 to 16 playing up. I know. It's crazy. I mean, it's like, it's crazy. Yeah. But, and I mean, it's like, Tubbs in the club, like suddenly Mason Petrino can do it, and it, our they think their defense is good. This is inexplicable because listen to if I told you that <laughs> Wyoming's quarterback would go five for twelve without a <laughs> without a passing touchdown, that would that would have probably surprised you. But also, if I would have told you Mason Petrino went fifteen of thirty three with no touchdowns, you'd say they got demolished. Yeah. It, weird game. I, I just that was the one. It's like you always get those, especially early. You just get a weird flute kind of game, and maybe Idaho was just pissed because they looked bad against Central Washington the week before, and they wanted to show up and put a game in. But now they we're going to talk about this later. But now they got Eastern Washington coming to their house. So, I have a theory, yeah. and it's going to be interesting. So Eastern's coming to their house, and that's a non-conference game, right? I, I don't know. Yes. It must be this early, the fourth game of the season. Mm, we so my theory game, on right? why uh, yeah. they looked like crap the first two weeks but then played okay at Wyoming, the seniors on that team and maybe the juniors to a lesser mm. extent believe that's the level of team that they should be playing. Yeah. And, you know, when they were at F- FBS, they'd still lose to Penn State, so, you know, whatever. Yep. But I think those guys think it's kind of like the whole, you know, I'm not going to point fingers at – the fatherless or the childless person on this pod, but um, uh, you know, <clears throat> one of the three of us really was in love with Idaho last year because they were coming down from the FBS. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, it yeah, wasn't Brent. Right. No, one Mike. Anyway, not pointing fingers. <laughs> we, but I may or may not have kids. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fair. That's a fair response. <laughs> um, but I, I honestly think that's part of Idaho's problem is they've got a bunch of guys on that roster who could care less and they see FCS as this giant demotion. That's fair. And that, so, that's a good know, point actually. Wyoming was their level and it was the chance to to show up and they tried hard. That could be a bunch of crap, but that's my theory. I I I believe that theory. I could buy stock in that. That makes sense. Well we both or all all three of us picked that game correctly. Good. Um, so I'm the only one with a with an L on the schedule so far. So far. Moving on, um, Northern Arizona crushes, crushes Western New Mexico University. Not a big surprise. Not a big surprise no, are they, Did we decide they're NA or D2? Western New Mexico? Yeah. I think they're D2, right? Okay, D2. Um, NAU 2-1 and one so far? Yeah. They just have such a tough schedule. Now, they open conference season in two weeks with the Cats coming to NAU, or do the cat, does NAU go to Bozeman? I don't know. I was looking up there. So they're... NAU goes to Bozeman. But that'll be interesting. Mm. I think the Cats will still win that game, but NAU is the type of team that could give the Cats trouble because I think that it, 
an offensive team is going to put pressure on them. Yeah. And I, it, oh, never mind. I was going to say NAU plays South Dakota next week, but that's Northern Colorado plays South Dakota. But I also think NAU has not played a team that's won a game yet. Fair. Uh, well, I, no, wait, no. An FCS team that's won a game. Yep. They they played Arizona, and Arizona won a game because they beat them. Okay. Um, moving on, Weber State almost touches Nevada. It was 19 <sighs> to 13. Nevada wins in I Reno. We- I picked Weber in that one, didn't I? You did. We yeah. Nevada. I. <sighs> but now Jake Constantine got hurt again. I don't think that Weber's. Weber State's formula can work in the big sky. It could work. I agree. I agree. It could work in the Colonial. Mm-hmm. It could maybe work in the Missouri it, Valley. It can work in the big sky if you get the right schedule, which I think they got last year. Yeah. It's, I think they're going to win a lot of games this year, but I mean. I think you just need a balance. Yeah. Like they offense. just, their offense is terrible. It's really bad. Unless they play Cal Poly every week. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, and you're, I mean, their QB got hurt again. Yeah. Hmm. Their yeah. defense, though, I think is uh, legit. Elite. Yeah. For sure. Who do you think has the better defense, Weber or the Bobcats? Uh, I would say Weber. I but think Weber, but the Cats' defense has, has impressed me so far. I'd say Weber won Cats 2, most likely. Based on what we know, yeah, I don't know. It's early. I agree with that. Um, then Stephen F. Austin traveled to Cedar City, Utah, to take on Utah State or Southern Utah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Them too. Southern Utah won by a touchdown, forty-five thirty-eight. OT, in, right? OT, yeah, overtime. overtime. You know what? Credit to Southern Utah because they didn't win the out of conference home games last year. So <laughs> yeah. Now Stephen F. Austin lost to a Division Two school the week before. Yeah, Southern Utah is who we thought. <laughs> I don't think this is some big statement game, but who knows? Maybe it is. We all picked Southern Utah. Yep. Um, then we have Northern Colorado traveled to Sac State, and this one was ugly. 50 to 0. Yeah. What? So, <laughs> guys, is Sac State someone that we need to start worrying about? The Grizz go to Sac State. Yes. Absolutely. I think this is a huge signal beacon to everyone in the Big Sky that Sac State's for real. Oh, they beat the worst team in the Big Sky? <clears throat> I, I don't know. Like, I'm... They hung a 50 bomb. Yeah. I don't... Their quarterback I still, went like... 27 of 41. Kevin Thompson, we know him. Kevin Thompson, who is somehow a sophomore. He's a sophomore. Didn't he just get two additional <laughs> years of eligibility? What? Someone should fact check this. <laughs> well, he threw for five touchdowns. Kevin Thompson's going back to high school next year. <laughs> um, just the tough thing with Sack, like, okay, Sack is better than everyone thought they were, right? Like, they're absolutely proven. They're going to score some points. They're going to look good in games. They have beat an NAIA school. They then held Arizona State to not a lot of points. And they beat Northern Colorado fifty nothing. So their Arizona State's loss is is definitely good. But then look at their next four weeks. They go to Fresno. They host Eastern Washington. They go to Montana State. They host the Grizz. 
we'll find out if they're real in the next four weeks for sure. <laughs> and just, I'm and honestly, for an upstart team that's like doing good, I'm really glad we play them at the end of that four week uh, trek instead of the front. Yeah, I mean, I I think they've got some skill players that you know Thompson's good, Elijah Dotson. He was first team All Big Sky last year. Yeah, no, they got he's skill. A, yeah, and he's a sophomore. Like the the interesting thing, like with with them, so new coach Andy Thompson, defensive coordinator. I mean, been around the big former Grizz player, been around the Big Sky a lot. Kind of a known quantity. The their head coach, what he was Utah's offensive coordinator the year before, considered a pretty attractive hire to get him in, but. You've got three games of tape now, and now you're going to really head into real opponents. Mm. No offense to Northern Colorado, but not a real opponent. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it, it let like so if they keep keep a lid on Fresno, and then they play Eastern and make it close, then it's time to really freak out about Sac because they're not going to win the Big Sky or anything, but they're going to be one of these teams that could catch somebody like a Grizz team on the road, not fully you know ready to go for it they're they're that type of team that's going to come in and steal a game or two total trap game like you said when they're at home i'm just glad the grizz play them after a bye oh i didn't realize yeah that's right we do that's right yeah and and not a bye for them they they're in bozeman and then they come home and host us yep all right moving on um wait did i did we talk about that yeah we we all had sac state winning yeah um UC Davis hosted Lehigh University and won forty-one thirteen. I'm cool. I'm cool. It feels like maybe cool. that's a little bit closer to the UC Davis we thought they would be getting against a gutter ball Lehigh. But yeah, yeah, I mean, well, they almost lost to San Diego. So, <laughs> and then so, of course, we're like we'll talk about this a little bit. But again, now Davis goes on the road. To North Dakota State. <laughs> and then they get us the week after. Maybe Keelan Doss was more important than they realized. Maybe. We'll see. Uh, Portland State went to Boise State and got crushed 45-10. Yeah, expected. Um, parlay. You know, Montana Mints, Montana Parlay. Yes. Uh, message. I can't remember if it was a tweet or if it was a message to us, Luke. But he said something like, Portland State is legit this year. And I went and looked, and I was like, based on what? Like, <laughs> because they kind of held, what was it, Arkansas for a little while? Like, yeah, I, week one. Preseason is weird. I can't wait till conference starts so we can start comparing these teams to each other. <laughs> hey, they beat Simon Fraser from Canada, okay? Yeah. The, the Canadian Simon Fraser. Okay, and then the last game um, to talk about is Montana State – Went on the road and took one from Western Illinois, twenty-three to fourteen. You know what? Credit to Montana State. It's a game in going into the season. I picked them to lose because it was going to be the first road start, yep. real road start for yeah, Bauman. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, I still think they are really in trouble at QB, but their defense is legit, and they're playing the same formula they played last year. It was kind of the the. The goofy uh, equation we made last week, but they're like the Chicago Bears, right? Like they've mm-hmm. got a very, very good defense that keeps them in games, and they've got a QB that has the tools that can just do enough at certain points, and it's going to win you some games. And I mean that it, it, from I didn't watch the game, but I followed a little bit, and 
made enough plays. It sounded like it was a little ugly, a little sloppy, what, 7-7 at the half, mm-hmm. uh, and a late score to make it 7-7. Um, but that's a game that the last three years with Choate, the Cats they probably don't win. win. Yeah. Two years. Three years, yeah, yeah, three years, yeah. They probably don't win. You know, and their next, like, six games are all very winnable. I mean, there's some games that maybe if things go right, like an NAU and Cook is, could light them up. Who knows? Yeah. But but y- they've got time to figure it out. Yep. So the only other games that might be uh, interestingly relevant to recap is uh, f- uh, prior Grizz opponents and uh, North Alabama lost to Alabama A&M. 31-24. What level is Alabama A&M? I think they're in the Southland as well, okay. too. Yeah. Um, I haven't checked, though. But uh, And South Dakota lost to the Houston Baptist Huskies, who I thought was Division Two, but we looked it up, and they're actually FCS. So, so at least there's that. They're, the Houston Baptist Huskies are 2-1 and one now. So, But, you know, know, Monmouth is 2-1, and one, so at least there's that. Oof. Yeah, it, it's... I don't know. But I just feel I, – I get frustrated because it feels like every year the Grizz try and put together this out-of-conference schedule, you know, and it's like they go on the road to Missouri Missouri Valley team. But every year it just seems like the damn out-of-conference teams end up being terrible. <laughs> Remember, what was it? Was it 2013 when we hosted Appalachian State and it was mm-hmm. like this big deal and then they won like three games the whole year? And uh, I don't know if it was that, but, I mean, it's just – but I, but we booked these so far out, right? Like I think twenty twenty schedule's already in place, for the most part. Like we go to Missouri State, and Missouri State's terrible this year. Yeah, we go to Missouri State. We host Moorhead State. We host Central Washington. That one. <laughs> and we it looks like we maybe have one more gap we're looking to fill, unless if we're that's the schedule. So I think it's um, only a oh yeah, it's an eleven, 11 game yeah, schedule. So that's so. it. So we we host Central. We go to Missouri. State, and then we host Moorhead State. So that's, uh, yeah, that's that. But I don't know. I don't know. Well, I think that wraps up the recap of the Big Sky Conference. Yeah. Brent, do you know what time it is? Uh, I think so. It's time for the ad read. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I did not know what time it was. (laughs) Luke just keeps you on your toes. Whoa. I was not prepared so, for that. When you say ad read, that implies that there's uh, text to read. We've got some copy. We've got some copy. What if I wrote copy? Would you guys read it? Probably. As long as it doesn't violate the code of ethics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to run it by legal. <laughs> we need an attorney here. <laughs> um, so this podcast is brought to you by... To Missoula Realtors, Brent Wahlberg with Windermere Real Estate, and uh, this guy over here, Mike Nugent. Berkshire Hathaway. And it's what I got for you this remember week. Remember, we were like, we we're like, we're going to do all this funny shit on these and do all this in like four, four weeks in. We're like, um, oh, God, right. We I just to, hate talking about We myself. need to do this. Okay. So back when Mike first became a realtor, Ooh, yeah. he used to send us pictures of, uh, I think you would just forward like Facebook messages from a particular Facebook page is what it was. But it was like bad MLS photos, people posting photos of their homes that they're trying to sell, but they were like the shittiest photos of all time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So Mike, can you tell me like, have you ever been like, "Ah, there's just no good angle of this house? 
Yeah. Um, first of all, several years ago, I decided to hire a professional photographer so I didn't have to deal with that stress anymore. Uh, greatest decision ever. Oh yeah. Um, but it, I will tell you one of the, one of the most difficult parts of the job is going to houses that people think are ready to list Mm. that aren't. Oh yeah. And you have to have this conversation that really borderline offends or crushes the seller sometimes where it's like, you know, your bathroom looks like shit. <laughs> you, I mean, maybe not that blunt, but it's hard. I mean, no one appreciates a clean bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Until it's not clean. Until it's not clean. I mean, you get those things though. It's like, I mean, yeah, decorations or, or the way rooms are not put together or things mm-hmm. like that. And so those conversations are always... Nobody cares tragic. about your uh, ceramic cats uh, collection. That was... Um, I I am in a sales team with my family members, my wife, my sister, and my mom. And my sister is out showing houses and started sending me photos of one that appears to have quite the bird theme going on in the home, including wallpaper and cages. Luke and Mike are looking at the photos right now. We're looking at Brent's (laughs) photo album. Whatever that is. I think that's what the owls are eating. It's a bunch of little bugs. Yeah. So, yeah. That'd be bizarre. Real estate is a funny world. Like, you encounter crazy stuff almost every day. But I would say that both of us can uh, help you get ready to uh, list your house for top dollar. Hell yeah. Real quick, what's the weirdest thing you've seen in a home? Mm. Have you ever like walked in and you're like, this is definitely a sex dungeon? No sex dungeon. There was actually one that came up uh, just recently like mm-hmm. in Texas and it like made the rounds because it was like, it was a sex dungeon. And it, and, like, it was like professional photos. And like chains and all this stuff on the walls, and it was like, and the, the and it was like, look at this, and then it disappeared quickly. But yeah, what, you know what's interesting is you you don't realize some of the I'm going to say quirky, for lack of a better word, things <laughs> that you could find in Montana. Yeah, like there is a house in the Bitterroot with a legitimate bunker, like crawl down a tube, second room further down underground bunker, and you're just yeah. like. And look, what was the motivation for this? Dude, if I had to guess where in Montana a house with a bunker was built, I would have said the Bitterroot. <laughs> so, I mean, Mike, you owned a house that had a bowling lane in the basement. I did. But, you know, <laughs> compared to a bunker, that is nothing. So, um, I, you know, I would say we are, uh, without giving a precise location, we are in the Lewis and Clark district mm-hmm. currently. Mm-hmm. And within a probably five to six-ish block radius of where we are broadcasting right now, I have been in four homes that have nuclear fallout shelters in them. Yeah, it's funny because it's... Because it, this, this, this is like a this 50s, the 60s. Yep. There's a lot of nuclear bomb shelters in this neighborhood. Yeah, I could think the one on the corner down the street. Yeah. And they, they, it's just like cinder block rooms. But it's like... It's funny because you can go into subdivisions and sometimes you can tell the story of the era the house was built in. Yeah. And yeah, this the Lucy Clark area is full of ranch-style homes from the 50s and 60s. <laughs> With bomb shelters. With bomb shelters. Wow. Yeah, the video game Fallout, it just look find a hatch door on it that says like three or something. Oh, yep. So, yeah. yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. There you go. I don't know if a bomb shelter is the weirdest I've seen, but... 
I'd have to think. It's yeah, on the spot. It's like I always, you know, can't remember everything, and then I'll be like later on, I'll be like, oh my god, I should have told him this. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be good. Yeah. All right. There you go. Well, now do you know what time it is? Uh, you know, I'm done guessing now. It's know. time for the check down. Pew 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 pew. Lasers. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you guys that um, Stacy, as uh, she was kind of tidying up the table after dinner, forgetting, knowing, knowing you guys were going to come over and do this pod, she goes, I think Luke and Brent should know that I listen farther than they think I do. <laughs> oh, oh, that's right. Yeah. We made some jokes about that last week, guys. <laughs> so just take that for uh, whatever you want. <laughs> okay, Mike. Uh, for our listeners, this is the segment where I ask Mike uh, questions in rapid-fire succession, and Mike gives this is best to give rapid-fire responses. <laughs> I'm not very good at that part. Tell me you're ready. I'm ready. Mike, who ends the season with a higher winning percentage, the Grizz or the 49ers? The Grizz. Earlier this year, this QB became the first player to throw a TD for eight different teams. Who is that player? Ryan Fitzpatrick. Okay. That's Harvard's that's correct. Own. Yeah. Mike? He's probably going to get released and get a chance for a ninth this year, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What what team would that be? The Miami Dolphins. All right. Okay. You want to name them all? Yeah, let's hear it. The Bengals. What? The Rams. Shut up. The Buccaneers. The Buffalo Bills. The Miami Dolphins, that's five. The New York Jets is six. Houston Texans. Houston Texans, and that's seven. And um, who was the eighth? (laughs) It'll come to me. Wow. I think he played, didn't he play like every Florida team? Was he at Jacksonville? No. It's not Jacksonville. Well, count me impressed. It'll be an, it'll be an obvious one too. Anyway, there you go. Okay, Mike, would you rather spend twenty minutes on the moon or see the Grizz win a national championship this year? See the Grizz win a national championship this year. What? Whoa. The moon? Okay. No. I mean, I, I'd get a. <laughs> you could go to the moon next year. Next <laughs> year. <laughs> okay, Mike. Uh, we talked about being stuck in the elevator once this season, but you're stuck in an elevator with one Grizzly football player. Who would it be and why? Um, Tim Semenza. Um, he's gone, so I guess we'll take Brandon Purdy. But uh, the rationale is I'm a large man, so the less additional weight in the broken elevator we have, the better we're all going to be. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. The Mike. alternative would be one of the offensive or defensive linemen that can lift me up to get above the car <laughs> or pry the doors open. I was not going to say O lineman just because I'm like, they there's a eat weight a lot. problem. There's yeah. some gas, <laughs> confined space. Yeah. Ugh. Okay, Mike, iPhone or Android? Android. You're offered a brain pill. If you take it, you'll be 10% more intelligent. However, if you take it to all the other people you know, you will seem 20% less intelligent. Would you take the pill? No. How does this square with you being an identical twin? (laughs) I mean... Do people perceive you as being more intelligent 
than you are or vice versa compared to your twin? I don't know that I've ever really talked about that with people. Um, he was always a tick smarter than me in GPA going through school. If that counts. No, I was just trying to think like this would be like a hypothetical of like who. I guess my, my, my thought would be if I could take a pill to make me 10% smarter, but everybody I know thinks I'm 20% dumber, for lack yeah. of a better word. Yeah. What good did getting 10% Ten percent smarter. Do there you go. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah, there's no wrong answer here. Yeah, I bet you didn't <laughs> think about your check down question so much. <laughs> Would you rather be the best football player in the world, the best basketball player in the world, or the best dad in the world? Best dad, hands down. Why are you looking at me? Are you expecting me to jump in here and be like, oh my God. I just feel like you can get away with being an okay dad. <laughs> You're like better than average. Be a B plus dad. And be a millionaire. That's pretty cool. All right, Mike, you find out Stacy is pregnant again, and it's going to be a boy. It's funny because James asked us if we were going to have another kid, and we said, uh, I don't know. What, what do you think? And he's like, I think, I think you could have another kid. They'd be cute, and maybe they'll be a boy. All right. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> How much cash would it take for you to name your new son Theodore Nugent? Theodore Nugent? Short for Ted. <laughs> <laughs> Long for Ted. Oh. <laughs> oh. Get the GoFundMe going. Yeah. I mean, probably not as much as you'd think because I think that that generation's not going to know who Ted Nugent is like ours does. But a lot. A lot. And now, who is your favorite kid this week? <laughs> Hames. Hames? What was it? Was Jana last week? Right. So it's Hames. We just had we just had James do some work for us. He didn't earn the spot. Contractual obligations. Contractually Mike. obligated in his contract. <laughs> Thank him. All right, Mike. Well, thanks for participating in the checkdown. That was fun. Pew 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 pew. Oh boy. Um, Brent, let's talk about Monmouth a little. Bit. Yeah, let's talk about Monmouth. <laughs> So uh, Monmouth Hawks coming to coming to the town coming to town. Um, interesting game. Monmouth is two and one. Mm-hmm. They have beat Lafayette, who is in the Patriot League. I was correct. I thought Pioneer and uh, Albany. Albany Grizz played a couple times. Those I think, are two probably. FCS yeah. wins. Yeah, FCS wins. Um, you know they were they beat Lafayette by three. They beat Albany in overtime by three. So a lot of signs point to the Grizz being a heavily favored team. But uh, this is a team, Monmouth, last year that I believe went eight and three. Eight, three just missed the playoffs missed, last year. Yeah, and, and their trick is they're in a conference with Kennesaw State. Yeah, they and were nine and two the year before and made the playoffs. And made so the playoffs, I mean, yeah. So uh, made the playoffs, went to Northern Iowa, um, got smoked. And then the next year, eight and three, but it's a conference that traditionally just sends one team. So they sent Kennesaw State, of course, the auto qualifier. They're picked to finish second again. Uh, so they they return. I think I've got it written down here somewhere. I think they return a handful. It looks like seven on defense, six on offense. They've got um, 
a lot of most are linebackers and defensive backs and corners return, and they've got a quarterback that started like since he was a sophomore or something too, and he's a fifth year senior now. So yeah, you know, I guess my 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 take is you know they went nine and three, made the playoffs in two thousand seventeen. Yep. Barely missed the playoffs last year on the bubble. Picked second again, projected yep. this year yep. um, in the Big South. This is a big game for the Grizz. And I'm not saying big game like it's going to be tough because I, I, I think the Grizz are going to win it. But you sit here every year and you talk about does the Big Sky deserve four teams? Does the Big Sky deserve five teams? Blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Well, if the Grizzlies are sitting there on the bubble and one of the other teams on the bubble is an 8-3 and three Kennesaw State team – and the Grizz have a victory over that team on the resume. That's actually helps. That's, yeah. that's a that's a good win. Yeah. It so is. and based on the way South Dakota and uh, North Alabama are playing, we might need a you know uh, <laughs> resume win here. South Dakota might still pull off some upsets in conference. Oh, they better. Um, but yeah, I mean, so Monmouth is a team. They've got they've got a good running back. They it, it's interesting. All conference, right? All conference. He yep. averaged over a hundred yards a game last year. It's yeah, pretty yeah. good. So it was. Uh, I did not watch it, but I did uh, observe on the old Egris some people that uh, tracked the game. It looked like uh, Monmouth really when they're running the ball, they're doing well. When they have to rely on passing the ball, their QB. Um, is a talented guy, but it seems like they're a little bit more of a run-first team and a kind of team that establishes that run and then uses the pass to kind of get teams to start sneaking up and, and looking at stopping the run more. Yeah, so. the, the little bit of film I've been able to find online, the QB can throw the ball out of the field. Oh, yeah. yeah, And he's 6'3". I mean, he's not like just some little little guy in the backfield kind of thing. So, um, you know, they're a team, uh, Monmouth overall, they're they, – Pass for 225 a game. They rush for 180 a game. They don't have really any sort of like eye-popping sexy stats on offense. Uh, But what will be interesting, both Monmouth and the Grizz defensively allow over 300 passing yards per game on average. So um, the Grizz, you know, two of the games, what the South Dakota game and the – well, I guess, I mean, North Alabama, we gave a bunch, two of them, what, 150 of those yards were – two plays alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, so this could be a game where you see a lot of passes thrown because <laughs> two defenses statistically three games into the season that have not shown enough. So it uh, could be a lot of passes thrown on Saturday. What I noticed looking through their team was some of their personnel. Um, they are kind of young. I mean, not not like freshman, sophomore young, but – they only have four seniors that started last week on offense, um, and or on defense. Excuse me, um, four four of their defensive starters were seniors. On offense, four of their offensive linemen are seniors. So I think that they do have depth, or they do have experience in places that really count, like their quarterback and their mm-hmm. offensive line. Yep. And I think if you've got experienced offensive line, an experienced quarterback, a powerful running back, I mean, I think that's a team you have to take seriously. Oh, yeah. Is. Yeah. They'll, they'll come in here. They'll come in here ready to play. I mean, this is not like a, a D2 game. This is going to be a game where Grizz need to be ready to go. So, question you on that topic. And I was thinking about it in the first half of the North Alabama game. And filed it away is something we can talk about sometime. But... You know, so they're coming into Washington Grizzly Stadium. Presumably, it's one of the biggest 
crowds they're going to have played in front of. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they've played up once or twice, but presumably, right? Yeah. One of the biggest. And and one of the things that Grizz fans have prided themselves on forever and ever and ever is impacting the game. And I still think that, that fans can impact the game. Noise, make it loud and stuff like that. Yeah. But it feels like maybe over the last five, six, seven years, teams aren't as intimidated by playing at Washington Grizzly Stadium as they used to be. And I was going to ask you guys if you thought that was a symptom of um, the Grizzlies just not being as intimidating as they used to be, or if that's more of a symptom of society and how part of the intimidation used to be that they were going into the unknown. Like they couldn't look up all these games on YouTube that Twitter wasn't Mm. out there, social media wasn't out there. So it was just like you heard the stories of Washington Grizzly Stadium. It was like, oh, this is intimidating. Whereas now we live in this social media world where people are viewing it as like their opportunity to go shine on the big stage. Do you think that there's any validity to that? What are your takes on that? I could buy that. I, I It's a romantic uh, view that teams used to be a little like terrified of the unknown. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I imagine like these small... I mean, a lot of schools, they don't even have to be small, but they have three to 7,000 people at their games, and now their coaches are pumping artificial noise into their practices because they're like, this is going to be different, boys. Right? Like, that's kind of cool to think about. But you're completely right. You can go watch what it looks like and visualize, like, how you're going to prepare. And, you know, and if they do, if one of those guys does something awesome, they're going to be able to share that on their their feed like hey, yeah. I, you know i, I silenced twenty six thousand guys on yeah. you know what i mean yeah. like oh, yeah, yeah. i just i, I kind of feel like maybe the era we're living in changed it a little bit i hope i hope that's the sport psych viewpoint that other teams are taking i mean if i was mm-hmm. you know coach of a kid that you know of a team that was coming here that's what i would pitch i'd say sure. you'll never play in front of this <laughs> many you know, people <laughs> shut Twenty-five thousand rednecks up. <laughs> well, and I think uh, the the men podcast, the the main podcast, talked about when they went to uh, when Bear Tycoon when they went out to the media days that the Portland State guys. That's all they talked about was the win in Washington Grizzly last year and just being able to silence people. Like, exactly, that was like their crowning achievement. So it's it seems like a mix, but yeah, I anyway, just mm-hmm. interesting topic. Okay, maybe for the off season. <laughs> <laughs> Has the mystique of Washington Grizzly worn off? That's going to be the eagerest thread this week. There you go. I I think if our I think if our teams get better, I think I think teams will be a lot more intimidated to play here. I think, and it's it it's hard to like really knock on Grizz teams of the past few years in the sense of just like, but so from 2010 to now. Like, what Grizz team just, like, was just a dominating force that just beat the shit out of people whenever mm-hmm. they came here? There was 2011, mm-hmm. but they didn't start that great, right? They had to kind of get the momentum going. But other than that, I I just, I don't know, right? Like, yeah, I, I mean, 2013, 2014 had their moments, yeah. but I, it's, it's just, one of those things you just don't just, like, yeah. There's no like definitive answer. Yeah. Just kind of a thought. I guess the thing, the thing moving forward would be like, 
if this keeps building as we all hope it does. So like in 2020 and 21 and 22, if we're on the trajectory that we're hoping we're on, does it return or is it still just kind of like a, yeah, whatever. And that would probably really tell us. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Hmm. Um, any other thoughts on Monmouth? You know, really Monmouth, uh, one, uh, quite interesting stat that I noticed they, they, um, they're bad in the red zone on both sides. They have a hard time getting in the end zone. Um, their kickers kicked a lot of field goals and they are really defensively. They're allowing touchdowns 80% of the time. So if you shrink it down to just certain spots of execution and things where you just need to keep the trend going, we, if, if they get in, just trade field goals for touchdowns. Um, I, I feel like our defense should be able to have a good game. Of course, you can look at a couple of factors as well, too. Come back from Oregon, so maybe a little beat up, maybe not. But then also, this game sandwiched between an Oregon road game and a Davis road game. And I think Bobby and his staff are really good about focusing on the week and the task at hand. But it, it's you're bracketed by two pretty big games. I honestly... And I put this in the write-up that I put online. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if, especially the first quarter, is a little sluggish. You know, maybe we're up 10-3, to 3 and it's just feeling like, bleh. And, you know, things get rolling. And I I, I foresee a sizable Grizz win, uh, but I could definitely see kind of just a just kind of a slow out the gate start. Just you, you, you look at the, the two sides of this, and this team isn't a team full of – all 50 or seniors now that just know what to do right out the gate. So I could see a couple things early that are just a little frustrating. And I think we saw that with North Alabama too. And I'd say on a lesser extent, I wouldn't be surprised if it happens again. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, we've been getting decent feedback on Egris for our yeah. pods each week. Yeah, we have fun Twitter, Twitter as well to a certain extent, but Brent shoots down all of the interactive ideas I come up with. Because like somebody what? died and made him king of the pod. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, but what I was suggesting was we should do a weekly segment called the Egris Correction segment, where we just talk about what the Egris readers pointed out about <laughs> our pod. Um, was it how Mike keeps talking shit about Coach Choate? <laughs> <laughs> Mike thinks he could beat Coach Chuck in a boxing match. You know, I don't think that anybody would have problems with corrections in that one. <laughs> um, but what I wanted to do was we talked a little bit about um, um, Native American athletes at UM and oh, from Montana. Yeah. And, and, and Luke texted us like in the morning and was like, oh, I should have thought about Tough Harris. And interestingly enough... A couple people on Egris were like, oh, Tough Harris is one. And then they, they mentioned a couple others. So I thought that was kind of neat to just kind of see that interaction and kind of see those corrections and, and hear from people. One, uh, one note that we got that I would like to officially make is I used the phrase the Mount Rushmore of Native American athletes. Not the politically correct thing to say. My mistake. He'll be better next time. <laughs> it was in in spirit. It was a good idea, but uh, in execution, uh, should have picked a different analogy. Yeah, it's all right. But there were some great ones. I, I think about um, Tamara Gardapi from mm-hmm. Browning. She mm-hmm. was awesome. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it was just it was one that where the topic just kind of came up by virtue of talking about you know Jerry Lou McGee and things like that. Where but it's if 
we were preparing for it and had done research. Uh, yeah, lots yeah. of interesting people. So we didn't mean to leave uh, anybody out intentionally. And there was that Bozeman Hawks Native American woman, basketball, Lady Grizz basketball player, who was really good. I forget her name, but she was awesome, too. Yeah, anyway. Um, were there any other Egris corrections this week that you can remember? Uh, no, not that I can recall. I can't recall either, but there probably was. I think so. that was the main thing. Like, it, But it, but actually, it engaged some interesting discussion where people were bringing up other athletes, and there was a link to the um, Native American uh, – I think I might have been just football hall of fame for the mm-hmm. state and things like that. So it's just, it's just kind of, it's fun to like just bring up a topic and talk about things like that too. So it was, yeah, it was cool it, to it see the feedback. Yeah. It was yeah. Um, anyway, so keep it up guys. If you're uh, if you hear something we did wrong, feel free to comment on the thread. Brad <laughs> yeah. Brent will start about the uh, <laughs> podcast and, and, and we'll uh, maybe ignore you. Have a nation of egress is our own stat boy to jump in. And <laughs> I mean, we're low budget. <laughs> yeah. Producer Jerry does not pay attention to this podcast. Yeah, he's so. not here. We'll, uh, we're just keeping it pedestrian. Three pedestrian oh, guys oh. with a pedestrian pod. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, I think, Luke, it might be time for the BWR. <laughs> so I want to make a different sound effect. This bomb's dropping. Because Brent's going to drop some bombs of knowledge on us. Yeah, I don't know about that. Okay, Brent, you have been... <laughs> Just jumping right in to at least a few dozen Grizz games in your life. <laughs> I think at least twenty. Yeah, you are uh, no doubt a Grizz game day tailgate expert. Yeah, a Grizz game day expert. Sure. Can you give me five Grizz game day pet peeves? Grizz game day pet peeves. You're like, God, I hate this. Like these, this thing could be improved. Okay. Uh a lot of Grizz fans, when you're walking in to the start of the game, you got to bring the, the the walking road soda, right? Mm. But you get in the wrong side of the line, and you're throwing the cans over the crowd of people to make the dumpster. Soda, Brent? Soda? Road soda. Come on. It's a beer. Uh, so that's probably number one, honestly. Like, I hate standing in line having – like, just hand me the cup. Like, we'll hand it down the line, right? Yep. Uh, oh, man, five pet peeves. Uh, just okay. top ones. Okay, just top ones. I like that. So, uh, you know, as a as a tailgate operator, like happy to uh, have you over, but you know, just like don't be a dick at my tailgate, and uh, be thankful that uh, you know you're you get to have a beverage or something to eat and those kind of things. You know, just um, sometimes you see a little bit of shitty behaviors in the tailgates, so you know, that goes on. Uh, you know, honestly, um, I do this a lot, uh, especially post game as well, but. Don't be a dick to opposing fans. Um, I guess unless if I mean there, there's probably some exceptions, I suppose, where it's it's warranted. But uh, but honestly, uh, post game win or loss, uh, a lot of times I'll try to when we walk out because usually we hang out for a little bit, and so you'll cross paths with parents or or fans of other teams and wish them well, stuff like that. So not seen a lot of instances where you know you have to be a complete asshole to opposing fans because i think that's one big thing that a lot of people like coming to washington grizzly and enjoying the experience and uh, i've been to other stadiums i think we probably all have been where people are just complete shitheads to you for no reason whatsoever and um worst experience ever was not in college football it was going to a seahawk game i went to the fail mary where the hail mary interception right and it was i'll never go back there and I have friends that are Seahawks fans, and 
my family's all from Wisconsin, so Russell Wilson was a Badgers quarterback and got Badgers at Rose Bowl. Like, I cheer for the Badgers, and I love it when the Seahawks lose. And I've got <laughs> I got friends, that, and it's because of that experience. I mean, the game sucked, and it like, but it was it, it was you know it is what it is. It was a weird ass fucking game because of replacement refs and all the stuff. But oh my god, like I went there, and the people in the stadium, which is probably a bad reflection on an entire fan base. But, oh, my God, I never want them to win a football game just based on, like, these people. So, those are probably – that's probably a good top three. I, those are the main ones I can think of, I suppose. So, and maybe, like, don't get, like, blackout drunk and pass out on the ground or something. Like, be cool. I, I hope Egris can chime in on this one a little bit. Like, what what's the game day <laughs> etiquette? Like, what are the biggest pet peeves? I think it could be interesting. And we could get a good list going. Yeah, it could be a lot of fun. Yeah, there you go. Um. In the spirit of it being game two, what what are your top five tailgate foods? Tailgate yes. foods. Okay. So. <laughs> so what? Like, okay. I didn't make it to your tailgate last week because I had steak at somebody yes. else's. I was gonna so. say. <laughs> okay. Boss move. So. I run a tailgate where I'm like usually hosting food for like 100 to 150 people. So I kind of run on a budget. <laughs> I was going to say, the Berkshire tailgate is beer brats and beer. I was going to say, um, That's it. and it's after delicious. consulting with my accountant about tax write-offs and entertainment is uh, not a tax write-off anymore. Uh, and food is like, yeah, not as good. It kind of sucks. But um, so the uh, Windermere tailgate, what you usually find is hot dogs hamburgers or chili <laughs> so those are the main ones uh we did tacos once and that was fun but it was it was a mess like we actually had uh like some local ranchers like we bought a bunch of friggin' ground beef and we had the big skillet and we were brown and meat and we did tacos that was fun but my wife's suv stunk like nasty rotten meat for like a week and a half <laughs> but tacos was the best it was fun a lot of people talked about that but we always like usually last game of the year we'll do a chili game and it's cold and we got all sorts of different kinds of chili and that's fun so yeah i think that that it's tough to mass produce on a large level but kind <sighs> of the the small family type tailgates where they do cool you know it's like brisket sometimes yeah and stuff. i mean you can do some good stuff at tailgates yeah so there's like mine it's like budget number one hot dogs like costco hot dogs, hot dogs. boom i can feed 200 people for less than 200 dollars. hell yeah <laughs> but uh yeah yeah that's like you go to other ones and it's all, about, it's all about how you code expenses man. yes that's true I when know. i was an undergrad i got a little too tipsy at a game and decided to make my way home like late third quarter and <laughs> walked through the tailgate area and there was just some delicious brisket hanging out on a tailgate unattended. And I, I helped myself too. I had a little plate, like Perfect. not, I didn't take the whole thing. I just put a little slab down. <laughs> tell you the people I sit next to, they've got a, one of the motorhome spots and they've, Great spread every week, and if that was them, they'd be thrilled that you had food on the way out. They're the more the merrier. So, good stuff. All right, Brent. You're also an amazing golfer, from what I understand. Yeah, fake news. Fake news. That's not true. At least a three handicap. Brent, what are the top five golf courses in the area? In the area? Uh, okay. Um, uh, in the area. Oh boy! So, 
Define area like Western Montana or like the Missoula area. Am I just ranking Western like Montana. Missoula? Western Montana. See, I'm in, okay. Um, or I mean, just the ones that you've played. Ones that I played. This is the thing. It's like I. Okay, I'm a member of the Ranch Club, so that's that'll be in the top five. Just home field advantage, right? But I'll okay. put it at five. Um, I have played. I think um, I'd probably say I, I can think of number one. It's the Rock Creek cattle company it's like a private one that's out beyond deer lodge I've heard um, of that. whoa that one is amazing you've amazing. played it yeah yeah so that's a great course uh old works is is a wonderful amazing course i actually have a cousin who got a degree in golf course management out of reno and at the point old works was like the place to go it, uh, and so we actually went out and played it last year. Although, uh, and you know, he had rental clubs, and I beat him. It was great. But uh, of course, you did. Yeah. Like I said, you're a shark. Yes. Um, what, growing up as a kid, I uh, my parents were members of the Missoula Country Club, and so that's kind of like a course that's like like the childhood memory type course. And I actually, uh, have kind of a wild story from that. My there was a time we had family in from in from Wisconsin. My dad was a terrible golfer. He always was, but he always liked to do it. And so hole number one at the country club, it's a, it's a par four, but the right side of the fairway is tightly lined with trees. And so if you're a righty that hits with a slice or just pushes the ball a bit, you're always in trouble. Like most blue-blooded Americans. (laughs) So, of course, what they do is is they decide we're going to send all the kids, and we're like all high school age now. We're going to send the kids in front of us, and then we'll play behind them. So they're not a group that's like pissing off a bunch of regulars. And so we are out. We are out, and and at about the 325 mark uh, on hole one there, it kind of takes a little downhill dip. So we look back, and we see my dad hits the ball. It's lying along the trees on the right-hand side, and it goes through a tree and hits another one behind it. But at that very actual moment in time, the tree it went through, it just split between two large branches. The tree splits in half and falls in the fairway. So he actually didn't hit the tree and knock it in half, but like his ball went right through it, and it's like just that... It, the, the tree was like it's time the tree just, just let's make way and so it's like it's like one of those things it's like you know you hit a tree and the whole thing falls over like it almost and i like from the tee box apparently it was just hilarious because it looked like he actually like split the damn thing in half. <laughs> <laughs> so um and you know uh the front nine of the double arrow golf course which is like where's that lake one? sealy lake okay the front nine is is fun it's just a fun course. I don't know if it's the best. I mean, uh, you go up and up around Kalispell Whitefish, and there's a lot of great courses up there. But um, I just recently played the front nine of Double Arrow. And that was fun. So okay. there you go. I like it. So, Brent, <laughs> there's a lot going on in the world today. Obviously, uh, um, <laughs> you know, there's some drone strikes on some oil reserves in Iran. Yes. Iran, the drones came out of Iran. Anyway, yes. there's a yet another... And a never-ending threat of, of of war in our world today. Like <laughs> war, who? What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Say it again. This could go on forever. And obviously, you know, modern warfare is a little bit different than than ancient warfare. Uh, Where's this going? 
Ancient civilizations often <laughs> had to use what was around them, right? Sure. <laughs> and it wasn't it wasn't uncommon for <laughs> ancient civilizations to weaponize animals or insects to go after <laughs> their uh, enemies. Yeah. So I'm curious, Brent, give me what you think would be the top five assets to the Brent Wahlberg Brigade <laughs> in a prehistorical war. Be them animals or weaponized insects. Animals or weaponized insects. This is going to be a question of all time. How long did you guys prep on this I one? Say, I would say everyone hates a mosquito. Ah, <laughs> uh, wow. So this is animals that like, or insects that are familiar within my realm. Just what are you going to use to get your get your enemy? To get my enemy? Yeah. Oh my god. Um, here I'll give you I'll give you one. This. The Nazis researched ways to weaponize malaria bearing mosquitoes. There you go. <gasps> so Brent, I mean Luke, Luke uh, has Nazi tendencies. <laughs> <laughs> what? Let's, per- <laughs> let's pronounce that word better. To clarify, Luke, Luke does not. No. We don't need to issue an apology. He, just, he and Hitler both thought that mosquitoes would be bad uh, for their enemies. <laughs> there's a real, there's a right answer here, and it's saber-toothed. Saber-toothed. <laughs> Scorpions. I don't know. You, know. you got like elephants or something like that. Like, who was that? Was it Hannibal? Hannibal... Used pigs to destroy pigs? dead bodies. Who was it that used elephants? That was also the guy in Deadwood. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could think like, uh, well, okay, like uh, like bears or something, right? Like, but a little bit of uncontrollable animals. See, that'd be that's kind of the trick is like if you had like a bear or a tiger or something or a lion or something like that. What if they turned on you? See, you gotta. I don't know. <laughs> this is the weirdest question. Of all I, got, I, I mean, I, you know, I, I, we got nothing here. And, and Mike, you probably have like twenty, like ready to go, don't you? No, no, this was about you, not okay. Me. Just like, like a like. It's got to be birds. Birds. That Stephen King movie. Yeah, but you got to think about like you could. I will tell them. you what's fascinating like, is in in reading a little bit about this because I was reading an article <laughs> and this caught my eye. And I was like, this is a BWR question. Oh my God, this is gonna like, but but. <laughs> Most of the examples in history are of brutal dictatorships trying to use, like, literally, like, fleas, ticks. Small animals. Or small, you know, like, and injecting them with things. But what's the biggest flaw in that? I mean, you release them to the world, and and, and you you have no control over them. It's like the Japanese wanted to do uh, (laughs) plague-based... It's crazy. Rats or mice or something, right? And... Yeah, I mean, they this, wanted the to introduce plague-bearing fleas to China. Oh my goodness! An Isn't estimated four hundred thousand Chinese civilians died as a result of the spreading of the plague from fleas. Well, I, they're not directly. Do you, think, do you think we've given this up? Yes. As a society, you think we're done? No. Trying to weaponize animals and insects? Probably not. No, because one of the pictures I just saw was some sort of insect with a computer chip on it. 
So, so insect the world's going to insect robots. Yeah, they're going to take over. Fucking just get a squirt gun, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Those little just kill every robot out there. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll move on from that one. Brent, if you could be a college football player for the Grizz and be Whoa. a good player, like okay. a contributor, yeah. Rank order the positions you would like to play: quarterback, running back, safety. Ooh. And why? Well, quarterback, like, duh, duh. Brent likes to be the center of attention. We know this. <laughs> There's a prima donna on this show. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, I mean, running backs, like, you, a lot of times, right? Like the the second option, you get the most amount of touches, right? You do the sexy pick in the fantasy uh, po- score uh, sports stuff. So there you go. And uh, like we were just going through, like uh, safety, like you're the stats guy, right? Like you're the last line of defense. You get a usually get a lot of free shots to hit people and interceptions and rack up all the tackles. So okay, you just go with the sexy positions. Do you think I was gonna say like center, nose tackle, and kicker? I, I thought maybe you'd be a snapper. <laughs> snapper. <laughs> I think I'd probably load it heavy on like the defensive side, just hoping you get the thirty-seven. Oh, oh yeah. 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 That'd be fun. Interesting. No one from Hellgate High School has ever got the 37, so. Brent, who are your <laughs> so top long. five uh, YouTube stars of the current? Uh... What the fuck? Got <laughs> <laughs> none. <laughs> How are you, you want... Brent Wahlberg? Man of the advanced technological world, not aware of YouTube stars. Uh, I'm aware of YouTube stars, but I don't follow YouTube stars. Neither do I. I was hoping you could educate me like you do on all these things. Yeah, no, not not going to go into that. Apparently, there are people that make decent money being YouTube, YouTube stars. YouTube pays you big bucks if you get so many subscribers. You don't, you don't follow Misty Nightshade? <laughs> no. <laughs> Misty. What? Who? <laughs> They're called YouTubers. I'm just making. I was like, what? I just wanted you to make up five names because Mike wouldn't have known any of them. <laughs> um, yeah, no. I hear, show here, I've, I've got that. a list for you. Top ten richest YouTubers. We'll see if we've heard of any of them. <laughs> How many of them Missoulian? are Nazis? Maybe is Hank Green on there? He's a Missoulian. How many of them are Nazis? Daniel Middleton. Oh, yeah. Earned sixteen point five million dollars. What last year? Last year, twenty one million subscribers. And he didn't have to show his butt. He appears to be a Minecraft chef. So people watch him play Minecraft. Oh my god! What is that? It blows me away. My daughter's playing. Evan Fong, fifteen point five million dollars earnings. Cracking up. Twenty four million subscribers. He appears to be. Um, they cover video games of all genres. Seems a lot of video game based. Yep. Uh, number three is Dude Perfect. Oh, I've heard of them. They're yeah. the guys who do all the sports stuff. Yep. $14 million. Damn. 43 million subscribers, which shows you that subscribers alone aren't the... the Ooh. Because that's almost double the other guys. Wow. Um, the Dude Perfect group has five members. Um uh, they're, they're high school friends. Uh, I mean, they just That's... make trick shots. 
Yeah, most of the YouTube videos are centered around sports activities, and they all contain elements of comedy that significantly contributed to popularity. I, I mean, we we were in the wrong profession. Uh, number four, <laughs> uh, Mark Edward Fishbaugh, $12.5 million last year, 23 million subscribers. Uh, he draws things. He's a gaming <laughs> video producer, made his way to the list of the top 10 richest YouTube stars. Um, he produces Let's Play videos and is known for his over-the-top commentary style that often involves yelling or cursing. Hey, we fit in with him. Oh, hey. And number five on that list, which is what the BWR is, top five. Yeah. Logan Paul. Oh, I know um, that. Yeah, 12.5 million earnings, 19 million subscribers. Um, you guys are wherever. You recently caught the public eye with... Um, he filmed a dead body. He filmed a Japanese suicide incident. Hasn't lost many subscribers because of it, which tells you a lot about YouTube. I don't really know a lot about that. Um, he seems to be on the rise. Daredevil Style has launched this 22-year-old 22 22-year-old 22 YouTube stardom. 22. Um, they say Great. it's going to be hard for him to maintain his success, but you know what? Hopefully he invests some of that $12.5 correctly. <laughs> um, oh, other names, Felix Arvid, oof. Something Jake Paul, Ryan, who just reviews toys. I actually think that James has seen this guy before. <laughs> I was gonna say about my He's son. Number eight. Too. His earnings are eleven million dollars. Is nineteen million subscribers. YouTube's first child superstar is only seven years old. His videos don't offer much else other than what the channel's name suggests. Ryan opens toys and he plays with them. That's <laughs> it. Mike and I are gonna go after this. We're gonna be like, well, this is why, toys, this is why there's all those other stupid vloggers on YouTube that James always seems to find. It's amazing how many. Oh, it's crazy. It's crazy, and it's just yeah. these people that this like, is real. film their life. It's like we're gonna play with this game today, and I'm like, why would they do this? But I can see the motivation now. It's time to get James a webcam. Woo! <laughs> no. Um, and number nine, somebody named Smosh. Look, the be gamers. Um. One of the older ones have been around since 2005. Are there any FCS football podcasters in there? Yeah. No. How much no. money can we Number make? 10 is somebody named Lily Singh who plays to play Fortnite. I got nothing nice. for you. Wow. Well, that... See, was, good, good that was, that was depressing place. as fuck, <laughs> man. That was Jeez, terrible. Like, <laughs> I think we... Then we know what question we're cutting. Even, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Brent. Oh my God, we got okay. more, and I actually Can have. Uh, I actually don't have any. More. Okay, thank I, God. I got, I got two more, and um, I'm like sweating. I'm so. This nervous. is one that I asked you last year, but I think it's just a good time. Oh, no. Top five grizzly related Twitter follows, and actually, you don't even have to give me five. We did this earlier this year. Not this year. Yeah, might have been the the when you were gone here. Oh, all right. Well, Pass. we'll jump right Pass. to the next question. Okay, but actually, this question is for both of you. Nope. And I need you to put your competitive hats on. Okay. Can't pick the same guy? It's not that kind of thing. Okay. And yes, you, you could pick the same guy. All right. Dante Olsen. <laughs> you find Fuck. your bowl. You, you find yourselves in a fight to the death. <laughs> what? So far, I'm okay with my pick. Against one another. Okay. Get me and Brent against each other? Yep. All right. The fight will be determined. The winner of the fight will be, be determined by an 800-meter dash, a baseball throw for distance, a debate on health care, a spelling bee, 
<laughs> and the math section of the SAT. <laughs> who who wins the fight? What? To to the death. Between the two of us? Yep. So the the like I whoever gets three out of five is the winner. Essentially, whoever gets three out of five is the winner. Well, I'll go dash and throw in the ball. You think you can throw the ball farther than me? Hell yeah! Based on what? I'm I'm good at throwing things. Oh, I'm good at throwing <laughs> things. <laughs> so you're giving me the educational ones? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I've 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 been in some political debates with you. I don't know. I mean, um, the debate will be judged <clears> by guys uh, <laughs> from Madison. Our children. <laughs> of, of, Who? Uh, Andy Slavin, he's a healthcare policy. TV's Michael Gray. Yeah. TV's Jason Alexander. What has he been up to? Well, he judges death match. Then we have spelling B. Spelling B. And then we have the math section of the ACT. Spelling bee would be interesting. I think in all these years of autocorrect on I've got emails and, and texting, and like I will voice to text more to get things right. I, th- I, I don't know who would win it, but I bet it would both be like a bad indictment on <clears throat> people be, in their – It'd be a poor show. Still in their 30s. So what I see is Mike has – did Mike concede on the 800-meter dash? Yes. <laughs> I was say, we could do this. Because I'm going to let him run the 800-meter dash, and he's going to be exhausted and struggle and everything else. No, I'm going to throw a ball. I, I got that. Um, I am going to a buddy's wedding this weekend, so it won't be at the Grizz tailgates. But the <laughs> oh, next dude, one, the I'm bringing a baseball. Homecoming, <laughs> <laughs> and we're just settled this once and We're just all. chugging a baseball. <laughs> chugging in a river. Uh, and is anyone conceding on a debate on healthcare? No, I'm not conceding on a debate on healthcare. My assumption is Mike would win, but I come in. I come in ready to fight. Uh, how about spelling bee? I think it'd be a terrible performance. And uh, the math section of the ACT. <laughs> Boy, I don't even remember what would be on the math section of the ACT. Listen, SAT. all I'm saying, Grizz fan pod listeners. <laughs> Stay tuned. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! Oh boy! This might be Luke's last episode of the Grizz Fan Pod. We're gonna replace him with James. Yeah. <laughs> that was an audition. Okay, guys, uh, let's get back to the Big Sky Conference and talk about the picks for the week ahead. Thanks for teasing a BWR that you actually didn't give me too. I was like frantically researching things. <laughs> we just we just went long. <laughs> we, really did. we went long. BWR was like twenty five minutes. Yeah. I I told my wife we were gonna be uh, it was gonna be shorter because we weren't gonna recap Oregon that much, and we're sitting at an hour forty six right now. All right, well, gotta get in there too, guys. Let's go. <laughs> okay, guys. So all of the games this week uh, appear to be on Saturday. Oh, that's good. Uh, the first one listed is Idaho State goes to the University of Northern Iowa. Northern Iowa. Yeah, Northern Iowa. Yeah, we all agree there. Um, then we have Idaho hosting Eastern Washington. Hashtag Red Scare. Eastern Washington. 
Yeah, probably Eastern. Don't a little angry, a little angry from the from the road loss, and Idaho's not that good. Don't you think Idaho's going to play up on this? Just like they were trying to prove something. So if you listen to Tubbs in the club, this is Idaho's Super Bowl of the season. So I, I just I don't think Idaho has the talent to hang. Mason Petrino can't throw the ball further than twenty yards. That's kind of a detriment to the quarterback position. It does hurt. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, Montana State hosts Norfolk State University. Two and one Norfolk State. Yeah. No, they're not actually. I don't know what they are. Aren't they? A- Montana State. Yeah. Cats. Cats at home, definitely. Um, <laughs> I think I'm looking the same composite as you. The next game. Next game, we've got South Dakota goes to Northern Colorado. Oh, boy. We got to hope Northern Colorado wins this. <laughs> I don't know. I think we got to hope South Dakota wins it, right? No, we want we big some... conference wins. Not from I don't North, think... Northern Colorado. Get the hell out of here. I want South Dakota to win a few games so it's not like a ridiculously terrible win for It'd be us. be like our out-of-conference combined schedule. They won no games. Nonetheless, I think South Dakota wins that game. It's outdoors. Yeah, I'll go South Dakota. Yeah, I just don't think... I don't think after losing by 50 points, I don't know that Northern Colorado has any fight in them. So I'm going to go South Dakota. Northern Colorado could be playing for their coach pretty soon, Ernest Collins. <laughs> that was something uh, quick, quick side, but on the uh, Big Sky Big Takes, we had their uh, color commentator on in his first one, and it was very interesting. <laughs> He got asked the question if Ernest Collins is going to be fired, and as someone who's like you know kind of an employee, it was, very diplomatic. It was, it was a great response, but uh, yeah, I don't know. But you know, next year, Bob Stitt, head coach, Northern Colorado. You heard it here first. Oh uh-huh, yeah, I believe you Gresh heard it here first last year. Gresh when Jensen, we all suggested <laughs> yeah. Gresh Jensen, Northern Colorado QB. If Gresh Jensen comes no. back to the Big Sky, he should go to Montana State. Yeah, well, he or should. just throwing it out here. He and Bobby can bury the hatchet, come back, and have and a can, senior year. He can back up Cam Humphrey. Great. Yeah, good, good for him. Whoa, Sprint <laughs> is salty over there. <laughs> We're almost an hour or two of the pod. All right. Okay, so then um, Portland State hosts Eastern Oregon University. Mm, Eastern Oregon. Um, Eastern Oregon gave him a scare last year. I mean, Portland State should win. The pride and tradition of Eastern Oregon. Yeah, uh, yeah Portland State. Yeah, we all agree there. This one could be interesting. Northern Arizona goes, goes. to play Illinois State University. Hmm. I'm going to go Illinois State. I think uh, Illinois State is, aren't they top ten? Yeah, Illinois they, State. I mean, they they beat, well, they, they've not really beat anybody of mention, but yeah, although, hmm. yeah, I'll go Illinois State. I'm going to pick NAU. Ooh. Because you guys are a bunch of conformists. (laughs) I don't know what that means. Sorry. (laughs) Unnecessary insult. (laughs) Um, Then Sac State goes to Fresno State. Uh, Fresno State. Fresno? Yeah, I'll go Fresno. Yeah. Fres, yes. For all of us. Um, then we have UC Davis going to the Fargo Dome, NDSU. NDSU. Yeah, I'll 
Yep. Just, Same. You can't pick against NDSU until they have displayed that they can't do it at home. That um, that will be a kind of an interesting game to see because like Davis is what are they ranked fourth? Mm-hmm. So this is one versus four. Uh, yeah, it'll be real interesting to see a whole lot about this game. I mean, yeah, if that San Diego game was a fluke or if yeah, but, Davis I mean, is overrated again, it points out it's like I don't think Davis is going to beat North Dakota State at home. But if you're really number four, you should at least. Well, remember what was it? Eastern went to North Dakota State and uh, with Gage Gubrud, and they had it was like a hell of a game. I mean, it's like so they showed they could hang. Um, but I, North Dakota State beats a ton. Oh yeah, of FBS teams. Like, yep. I think they got this one, but I agree. Mayor Meyer could. Mayor Meyer. He could be, you know, the Benny the Jet Rodriguez of this game and steal home. <laughs> um. Then we have Southern Utah goes to South Dakota State University. Uh, South Dakota State. Yep, same. South Dakota State. Well, the only way we all don't end up in a draw is if NAU beats Illinois State University or vice versa. There you go. Yeah, that's the game that will decide the picks next week. Are you assuming we're picking the Grizz? I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah, the Grizz Yeah, game. yeah I forgot about that little game. Um, Monmouth <laughs> comes and visits Washington Grizzly Stadium. One o'clock kickoff. Grizz. Oh, yeah. Grizz, like I said, start slow, win big. Will the Grizz cover the spread? What's the spread? Yes. What is it? Is it like 50? Does it know the spread? <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to tell you. After two weeks ago when we made this big thing, and I was like, there's no way they're covering 30 points, and they covered it. They covered it in a quarter. They're going to cover the spread against Monmouth. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Although I say that, but it's like now watch the spread be like 40 points. They'll cover it. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Chris got this one, but I like I said, I think it's going to be tricky. Uh, I think it's just going to be a little sluggish out the gate. So, yeah. This um, podcast has went on long enough for uh, our fantasy football game to be decided. And Ooh. I don't feel bad about talking about it an hour or two because if, you're, <laughs> if you've hung on this long. No one's listening anymore. Did Baker Mayfield blow it for me? He almost blew it. Oh, no. <laughs> you won this game, Mike, by less than two points. You got me 135.66 to 133.75. I hate PPR. <laughs> I don't. I'm in a non-PPR uh, league, and it is so boring compared to this. Like, anything can happen. A hundredth of a point. It- <clears throat> I'm, I'm doing touchdown sign, but nobody can see it. <laughs> it's like doing a yard or a touchdown. <laughs> yard, every yard matters. Uh, so Mike beat uh, me. Brent beat Mike. So by the transitive property, Brent has the best fantasy. I am also 2-0. Yeah. Football so. team in if the you, table. It, Just by reminder. the way, if you win next week, you're going to kick off the team. Who, who am I playing because, next week? Uh, we, we, don't, we don't bring on people who are actually good. <laughs> it's funny. I've never played PPR until this year. So it doesn't make a lot of sense in some regards as someone who's always just played standard scoring. And so it's like I was watching. I was keeping an eye on it through the game, through the day yesterday, and it was like, cool. I, I'm doing okay. I don't know why I'm doing better than usual, but it's Here working out. It's working out. So you're – who are you playing? You're playing – Next week? Um, am I carry playing? on my – 
I think we've lost it. We we are not talking about our okay, fantasy football league. It is time to end this show. <laughs> we still got some more beers to drink, oh, Mike. Man. We got five more minutes to hit yeah. two hours. Oh, Come on, guys. Boy. Okay. Um, well, I think that wraps it up. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I really think that's all we have this yeah. week. Yeah, I'd say we're good. We're good. All right, guys. If we know you, we'll see you sooner. If not, we'll talk to you next week. Go Grizz. Fight on. on.